Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall garrison your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. All right. We have a few seconds here for spiritual preparation. And uh, our spiritual preparation, of course, is confession with sin, for sin, not for it. But we uh, also, uh, for our concentration, uh, for uh, our study in Job, will be in Job 13. Let's take a few seconds, closing our eyes and bowing our, our heads, and I will open us in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we're thankful for your extraordinary provision for us. Uh, we ask, Father, that we uh, are that we be consoled by your Word and God the Holy Spirit, realizing that uh, we are in your hands. We're thankful, certainly, for. Uh, your extraordinary gift to us of your Son, who redeemed us by going to the cross. And we're thankful, Father, simply by believing in his substitutionary work on the cross that we have eternal life. Pray that we would have uh, uh, an interest, a compassion for those who have not believed or maybe those who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ who who don't have an understanding of the true significant significance of uh, the provisions that you have made for us as believers. We pray, Father, that they have a desire to learn more about you. We're thankful for the text of Scripture we have tonight with Job as he addresses his uh, his friends, his three friends, but also as he approaches you, Father, with his prayer. We often find ourselves um, under pressure. Um, we should be able to see in Job the difficulty that he is enduring. Um, we pray, Father, that uh, we would learn from him and be able to apply uh, the many promises that you've given us, uh, provided for us. So, Father, we ask for your blessing upon us. We also ask for your blessing upon uh, this nation, uh, particularly um, those who are anxious and worried about the uh, the virus that uh, has uh, approached, uh, appeared, the uh, coronavirus. We pray, Father, that we would uh, realize that that 
virus is in your hands as well. Uh, we pray for those who are working on that uh, antidote, and we pray for those who have maybe already contracted it, that they would um, have a sense of of what they should do, Father, um, so that they can regain their health. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, today, I did a little bit of work uh, with some of the um, uh, challenges we have in um, just America with regard to d- diseases and fatalities. And uh, what I'm going to read here is simply estimates because we don't have um, complete information. Uh, particularly, this is for just two months, the months of January and February, uh, of the number of fatalities that we have in the United States for various reasons. And... Um, I'm going to start with the uh, a uh, an approach that some might not uh, consider uh, important, but in the first two months of this year, we have had 141,000 abortions. Um, that's a lot of babies who did not have the opportunity to um, to live outside the womb. Heart disease, 104,000. So we have had 1,000, 1,000 uh, 1, or 1 uh, and 4,000 de- uh, deaths for heart disease. Cancer, there have been 96,000 deaths due to cancer. Just accidents, not, this is, these are not automobile because I think it's a little difficult to pull those numbers in. But just accidents such as falling off of a, uh, a ladder, um, or, um, having some other type of uh, accident, 26,000. Uh, chronic lower resp- respiratory diseases, 25,000. Strokes, 23,000. Alzheimer's, 19,000. Diabetes, 13,140. Uh, the flu uh, and pneumonia, 8,460. So we've had 8,460 almost, and probably uh, as we move on into uh, uh, March, that number, of course, will rise. But already in the months of January and February, we've had 8,460 deaths um, due to flu and pneumonia. Kidney disease is 8,020. So those are some of the number of deaths that uh, have occurred in the United States. Um, and uh, we don't 
we don't read about those numbers because we have become so accustomed to them. But uh, here in the last month or so, we have uh, heard just an extraordinary number of uh, uh, stories about the uh, uh, coronavirus, uh, coronavirus, which is, by the way, the 19th uh, uh, time, time, 19th time, that it has actually uh, been identified. So that doesn't mean that this is not uh, something uh, that needs to be addressed and we should take it seriously. But uh, I was reading today uh, Dr. Drew. I don't, I've never seen him on television, but I'm told that he uh, is, he's a medical doctor that uh, is uh, focusing on um, uh, viruses and things of this nature. And his comment was, that um, while we should be concerned, uh, and there will certainly be many more uh, Americans who will uh, contract this virus, um, it probably will be less, uh, it will be uh, milder than just a regular flu. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. Today I heard that we have, we've had so far in the United States 11 deaths. There may have been one or two more here lately. But if we're going to jump up and down and run home and hide under the kitchen table, uh, there's a lot of other ways that you can lose your life. Uh, matter of fact, driving home, it's more dangerous than uh, this uh, Conavi 19. Uh, trust the Lord. Um, I think that's uh, what Scott prayed in our uh, men's prayer uh, prayer uh, meeting tonight, is to trust the Lord, particularly with our own lives and the lives of others. All right. Tonight, we are in Job, and uh, we are moving through the book, uh, uh, rather quickly, uh, Job is responding to uh, Zophar's first speech, but he includes the other uh, his other friends as he uh, goes through these three chapters, uh, Job 12 through 14, and we're studying uh, chapter 13. Uh, I thought I'd try to do something a little different tonight. Uh, and that is, I would provide a summary of uh, sections before we read the actual verses. And sometimes I think that helps if we have uh, a sense of what we're studying prior to, to that. Uh, we've seen several of these. Uh, tonight we'll get to 13. But we see that this is Job's first reply to Zophar because he'll uh, respond to him at least uh, once more uh, 
uh, two more for the other his other friends. But uh, we see that this is Job's repudiation of his friends. First of all, twelve uh, chapter twelve one to thirteen nineteen, uh, and we're also going to see uh, point two here tonight. Job's presentation of his case to God. Um, so we'll see under the first uh, section here, Job's retort to his three friends, chapter 12, 1 through 12. We saw that last week. Job's recounting of God's wisdom and power. Uh, tonight we'll see uh, a continuation of this. Um, well, this is actually chapter 12, also 13 through 25. And then Job's request to his three friends, chapter 13, 1 through 19. Uh, I kind of came upon that a little bit roughly. Let me do, say that one more time. So the points here that we're going to review tonight just a little bit, we'll see, first of all, Job's repudiation of his friends, chapter 12, 1 uh, through 13, chapter 13, uh, through 19, and then three points under that, Job's retort to his three friends, chapter 12, 1 through 12. Uh, secondly, Job's recounting of God's wisdom and power, uh, chapter 12, 13 through 25. And then tonight, uh, point three, there is Job's request to his three friends, uh, chapter 13, 1 through 19. And then, We'll finish chapter 13 with Job's presentation of his case to God. Chapter 13, 20 through 28. Um, a summary of this uh, chapter is the chapter records Job's charges against his friends for the way that they used their knowledge. Um, and we'll see that at the very first here, uh, verses 1 through 4. We'll see his warnings, his warning that God would discover their insincerity because that's how, uh, that's how Job sees this. He, and we'll see his pleading of his cause to God in which he begs for God to remove God to remove his hand, God's hand, from him, and that he would not terrify him with his majesty, uh, his power, we might say, and that he would reveal the uh, he would uh, reveal the sins that caused that are causing him such great suffering. All right, now the uh, first summary that I want to I, I would like to. Uh, work here is summary that is really the first 12 verses. And I found this summary in the uh, Moody Bible commentary. So I don't want to take credit for something I, I'm not doing, but this is the summary of verses 1 through 12. And just listen to this or take notes, whatever you'd like to do, and then we'll uh, move into the verses. So, Job told his friends that they had yielded no new insights into his dilemma as he languished in terrible suffering. He repeated the claim he had made 
in chapter 12, verse 3, saying, What you know, I also know. I'm not inferior to to you. In other words, I'm not falling below you in intelligence. Not only was Job equal to them in knowledge, he wanted to bypass their advice altogether and take his case directly to God. And the word, the Hebrew word, uh, is argue. Uh, another way of saying that is to uh, approach God. Um, but uh, he wants to take his case directly to God and argue his case with God. Job's friends had done nothing but uh, smeared him with lies, is according to uh, Job. And they were worthless physicians. In other words, they had come to comfort him, but uh, they had done nothing to comfort him. Uh, they were there only to add to his suffering with their outright lies. Verse 4, we'll see this. He urged them to be silent. Matter of fact, keep silent is what he tells them, which would be the best demonstration of their wisdom. We'll see that he tells them that uh, by just shutting up, they would demonstrate their wisdom. Uh, Job's admonition calls to mind the words of Proverbs 17:28. Even a fool, when he keeps silent, is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is considered prudent. Job wanted his, bro- his friends to keep silent so he could present his argument to God. He also urged them, not to show partiality, uh, pers- partiality for God over against him. It was distress, uh, distressing enough for Job that his friends presumed to speak for God. And we'll see that uh, as we progress through the first 12 verses here, he says his friends are speaking for God, but they are... Uh, lying, or they have misrepresented God. But to do so, using unjust and deceitful words, putting them on God's lips, as it were, was unconscionable. To Job, the proof of their deceit was that God would reprove and terrify them, because their words of counsel were nothing but Proverbs of Ashes. This was an ironic statement, since Job was seated among the ashes. Verse 1. Let's work our way through these first 12 verses. uh, And I'll make some comments as we go. Verse 1 says, Behold, my my eye has seen all this. My ear has heard and understood it. Now, this is somewhat of an unfortunate un, uh, break in between chapter uh, 12 and 13 because what Job is saying uh, is that my eyes 
have seen all this. In other words, uh, what Zophar uh, probably could include the other two men as well. Uh, he has he understands this. He's seen all this, and my ear has heard and understood it. So he's heard uh, the words of his friends and their criticism to him. Verse two. What you know, I also know. I'm not inferior to you. And uh, in other words, what Job is saying here is that his knowledge is like their knowledge. It's not, uh, it's not as if he doesn't uh, know what they're saying. And the verb here, uh, inferior, not inferior, is really the Hebrew word, fall and uh it's it's it expresses becoming lower than someone inferior i think is an excellent translation there so he he says i'm not falling below you in uh knowledge verse 3 but i would speak to the almighty and the word almighty here is uh, the title for God, the uh, El Shaddai, El Shaddai. Uh, and this word, this title, this name, has been addressed by many different theologians as to exactly what it means. And uh, even the word uh, Shaddai has been defined in many different ways, but I think the best is uh, it's the mountain, is the sense of it. But uh, it's being used figuratively. It means all capable. It means powerful. It's sovereign. Um, and uh, the word is related to the Hebrew uh, mountain, which God's strength and endurance can be compared. Uh, in other words, when we uh, see the uh, the mountains here, the Appalachians, or maybe the the Rocky Mountains, we see them as being majestic. We see them as being uh, immovable, uh, powerful, um, even to a certain extent dangerous. Uh, so. I think that's uh, the way to approach this. But I would speak to the Almighty, um, uh, the God who is uh, uh, the, has all the power of the universe. And I desire to reason or to argue with God. Uh, the word here means to argue, to plead, to debate. Uh, it has uh, a legal sense of presenting or arguing a case. And so here we have Job saying, you know, there's something going on in my life and I need to bring it to uh, before the Lord. Verse 4, but you forgers, uh, I think the word here for uh, porgers, uh, foragers, forgers, is that of imputing something that is not true. Uh, it's translated almost uh, completely as uh, 
forgers, uh, but you forgers. And the word comes from the idea of to smear something or to plaster it uh, of lies. You are all worthless physicians, uh, healers, comforters. And so Job is, again, re-responding to his friends. Um, they were, they had come to uh, comfort him, uh, even to heal him. And that's the sense that uh, most of the translations, worthless physicians, uh, they're not uh, professional physicians, but they are there to to help him, uh, to heal him or to comfort him. Uh, Job's friends came to minister him to him, uh, but they're failing in doing that. Verse 5, Oh, that you would be silent. And a better translation here is... Uh, to keep silent. It's almost a, uh, a brusque approach. Uh, oh, that you would keep silence, silent, and it would be, uh, and that your silence would be your wisdom. Uh, so the text really says it would be for you for wisdom, or that it would be come your wisdom, meaning, uh, that they would keep their mouths shut and that would demonstrate their wisdom. Verse 6. Now, hear my reasoning or my argument and heed the pleading of my lips. So, Job will first argue with his friends. That's what he's going to do during these first 12 verses. And then... He is going to plead his cause with God. And that begins in verse 13. What Job wants his friends to do, he wants them to listen to his argument. And uh, he is telling them to be quiet and listen to my uh, approach to God. Verse 7. Will you speak wickedly, and the word here for wickedly is the word for iniquity. Uh, will you speak, wickedly is probably a, a fine translation. Will you speak wickedly for God? Another word, are you implying uh, that God is, uh, some of the things that he's saying really amount to uh, sin? And talk Deceit, uh, deceitfully for him. Another way of translating this, will you speak wickedly on God's behalf? And I think that's, that brings the meaning out a little bit better. Will you speak deceitfully for him? Uh, the idea here uh, for him, for God, means in favor of God or on God's behalf. Job's amazed that they will say false things on God's behalf. So they're speaking for God. But what they're saying is uh, he's describing here as uh, something that's wicked. Verse, verse 8. Will you show partiality for him? Will you contend? Will you argue the case 
for God. Um, Job is saying uh, what his friends are doing are, uh, do they really believe that they are arguing uh, on uh, for faith in uh, for God uh, on behalf of God that's what he's saying here uh, so it would do them no good to be deceitful and accusing him of sin for the impartial God would not uh, would not benefit from their partiality uh, verse 9 will it be well when he searches you, and I think the word here for searches you, uh, another way of stating that is when he investigates them or examines them. Will it be well, will it be well, meaning with them, when he investigates or examinates, examines them? Or can you mock uh, and the word here for mock may be a little better understood as deceive. Uh, or can you deceive him as one deceives a man? <clears throat> so uh, are they going to what uh, what they're saying, uh, according to Job, is wrong? And are they going to somehow deceive God? Another way of translating this, not uh, verse nine, would it turn out well if God examined you? Could you deceive Him as you might deserve another individual, another man? Verse ten, He will surely rebuke. Uh, the word here, uh, surely, is the doubling. We might say of this verb. So we use the word surely, um, absolutely, certainly. It means to rebuke or to convict. Will he surely convict you, rebuke you? If you, uh, most translations have the word secretly show partiality. Um, secretly here is not the best word. I think uh, a better word is uh, sneakily. In other words, doing something, not necessarily secretly doing it, but they're trying to uh, rebuke. Uh, God will rebuke them for showing partiality. Uh, Job has confidence in God's righteousness that would not allow liars to defend him. Um, so that's the sense of verse 9, uh, verse 10. Verse 11, <clears throat> will not his excellence or his majesty make you afraid and the dread of him fall upon you? In other words, uh, if his friends are uh, providing their opinions and they're wrong, then uh, that should make them afraid, and the dread of him, the fear of him, uh, would uh, should fall upon them. <clears throat> and then, five, uh, verse twelve, uh, your platitudes, 
the translation I have in my New King James Version, but your platitudes, uh, their sayings, their teachings, uh, platitudes here, they are very arrogant in what they're saying. Uh, your platitudes are proverbs of ashes. In other words, they're no more, uh, there's no more value to them than ashes. Your defenses, your answers are defense and, uh, defenses of clay. Uh, the idea of answers may fit the parallelism better uh, for the second portion of that, for defenses. But anyhow, these men were incompetent to counsel. That's Job's position. For their, their words were proverbs of ashes, uh, fitting description, description in view of the ashes that were uh, uh, all around Job because he um, covered himself with ashes. Uh, so Job was sitting in ashes, and he says that their proverbs, their platitudes, their saying are no better than these ashes where he sits. Their arguments behind which they hid, uh, like fortresses, are made of weak clay. Uh, they, f- they fail to help Job. All right. Now, uh, the next section here, verses, verses 13 through 19, giving you a summary before we begin this, we're going to see for the second time in this chapter, Job asks his friends to be silent. He's going to tell them to be uh, quiet. Uh, we might even say, as I said, it's a little bit more rash. It probably tells them to shut up. For a second time in this chapter, Job asks his friends to keep silent and let him present his argument, his reasoning. He was willing to take his life in his hands by presenting his case before God and accepting whatever verdict God will decree, even if it meant his death. And we're going to see him say that. He's going to say, um, uh, God may take my life, but I'm going to uh, present my argument. The first half of verse 15 is arguably the most famous statement in the entire book of Job. Though he slay me, I will hope in him. I will trust in him. Um, it is a, ring, a ringing affirmation um, of Job's trust in God, even if he puts Job to death. Job says, even if the Lord puts me to death, uh, to death, uh, I still am going to trust in him. Uh, I think another way of saying that, I'm putting my hands in his, I'm putting my life in his hands, no matter what. So verse 13, hold your peace with me and let me speak. Then let Come on, then let come what may. Come to me uh, what may. Uh, another way of saying that is refrain from talking with me so that I may speak. In other words, zip up because I've got something that I need to say. Then let uh, come to me 
what may. Uh, fearlessly, Job here was ready to speak to God and to take the consequences, even though it meant risking his life. Verse 14. Why do I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hands? Now, I have to tell you that there is no uh, uh, beneficial explanation of this verse. And no matter how you translate it, it just seems to come out um, culturally. Probably something uh, that was understood very well uh, during Job's time. Uh, the best that the sense of this, why do I take my flesh in my teeth? This expression occurs nowhere else in the Bible. So it's not easy to go to another passage uh, to try to pull some meaning to this. But it seems to be drawn from animal imagery. And we've all seen uh, an animal uh, that uh, will take uh, the prey in its mouth and then be attacked by another dog. We'll say uh, dogs doing this. And so... Uh, why do I take my flesh in my teeth? Uh, this is, we might say, dangerous and put my hand, my life in my hands. Uh, so it has the sense that uh, he's, uh, as he approaches God with his argumentation, he's taking his life in his hands. And I, I wish I could do a little bit better job with verse 14 here. But it seems the verse, the overall uh, meaning of the verse is the risking of the loss of one's life, like an animal who tries to defend itself while carrying its prey in its mouth. Now, I don't know if this is a verse that I would recommend you memorize and quote but it seems to have um, maybe after a while maybe something will come to me I don't know verse 15 though he slay me yet will I trust him even so I will defend my own ways before him so Job is uh, he's saying here that death is definitely going to come it may come even uh, sooner at the point uh, of his presentation. Uh, he was willing to take his life in his hands by present uh, presenting his case before God and accepting whatever uh, verdict God would decree, even if it meant his death. And I think that this is uh, a demonstration of courage on Job's part. He's saying, I need to address God. Uh, I believe that I've been living a godly life, and all of this has come upon me. 
uh, I'm not going to just ignore it. Uh, I'm going to approach God to uh, try to determine uh, why this is happening in my life, uh, even if the Lord may take my life. But he's saying, I trust God. Though he slay me, I will trust in him. I will. My hope is in him. So, uh, verse 16. He also shall be my deliverance. Uh, this is a, a great uh, passage for uh, Job. He says, um, even if uh, he slay me, he shall be my deliverance. I think it's a better word there than salvation. For a hypocrite, a godless man, could not come before him. Uh, Job is going to come before God. And he says, this could not occur uh, to a, a, a godless man, a hypocrite. The fact that Job will dare to come before God and make his case is evident to God, to uh, Job at least, that he is innocent. Verse 17. Uh, verse 17. Listen carefully to my speech, to my words, and to my declaration, explanation with your ears. In other words, be attentive. Attentive. Uh, and again, he's still spe- speaking to his friends. See now, I have prepared my case. I know that I shall be vindicated. Uh, the sense of, I know that I shall be vindicated. I know that I'm right. I'm confident. Uh, he trusts the Lord. He knows uh, his, his life has been righteous. Uh, he is a godly man. Uh, and I think that that's uh, important for us. We can approach God uh, with our prayers, um, we there's very often things that happen in our lives we don't understand, but we should not be uh, afraid. We should not um, uh, refrain from uh, approaching God with what is happening in our lives. Verse 19, who is he who will contend with me if now I hold my tongue I perish. So he's saying, um, who's going to uh, argue with me? Again, speaking to his friends. Uh, if now I hold my tongue, I perish. Um, I need to approach God. I need to get answers. Uh, uh, otherwise, I will perish. Job is confident that no one can bring charges against him. He is certain of success. Job is confident that he will be uh, uh, vindicated. Um, But if someone were to show up and have proof of sin against him, he would be silent and die. Literally, he would expire. All right. Now, Verses, Job's presentation of his case, uh, verses 20 through 28. The summary here, Job's response changes the direction in verse 20 from his friends 
Zophar in particular, to God himself, Job was ready to appear before God to argue his case, but he requested first that God would remove his hand of punishment from Job and not terrify him by his awesome presence. So we'll see that in verses 20 and 21 and 22. If Job was a sinner, then he reasoned, God would reveal his iniquities and rebellion and sins. We'll see three different words in verse 23 that describes this. He continued to be puzzled as to why it appeared that God considered him his enemy. Uh, he's being punished and it seems to him that uh, God uh, considers Job his enemy. God's silence especially in the light of the way he was, uh, uh, God was tormenting Job, was especially uh, concerning to Job since he had nothing more, uh, since he was nothing more than a driven leaf and dry chaff. And that's an interesting verse as well. Verse 25. Job was so frustrated that he even accused God of unjustly keeping a bitter record of his wrongs and punishing him for his sins committed decades earlier. In other words, uh, going back many years, uh, punishing him for that. Job made no protest of innocence here, since he knew that he had not been sinless throughout his entire life. He felt like a prisoner in God's custody, uh, locked up and watched carefully. The thought of it all caused Job to sink into despair. And we'll see that in verse 28. So verse 20, only two things do not do to me. In other words, spare me. Then I will not hide myself from you. So Job here says that he has um, two things that, that he's going to approach. Only two things um, spare me. First of all, withdraw your hand uh, from me. Uh, his hand meaning uh, punishment, uh, God's hand on him. And there's two different ways to understand God's hand. First of all, God's hand can be that of blessing. Uh, we often say that God's hand is uh, on me or with me, uh, protecting me guiding me. But the other way to take this uh, is uh, punishment. So withdraw your hand. And the word that we have here is not the normal word for hand, yad, but instead it's the word of palm. And I think uh, saying it uh, that way, uh, it may uh, stress Job's feeling of being trapped or confined, uh, maybe even uh, being uh, cuffed, we might say. Um, verse 22, uh, so withdraw your hand is the first request, then call and I will answer, or let me speak then you respond to me. In other words, Job is calling for the court to convene. And 
he will be either the defendant or he will be the, um, the, the prosecutor here, whichever God wants. Uh, I will, you call and I'll answer or let me speak. Let me present my case first and then you respond to me. Verse 23, how many are my iniquities and sins? Make me know my transgressions and my sins. So Job here is saying my life is uh, so uh, uh, horrible that I must have a an accumulation, a huge accumulation of iniquities. Uh, the first word he uses here, my iniquities, means going astray, my uh, erring. Uh, the word sins, which means missing the mark or going the wrong way. And then transgressions, which is uh, more often used for rebellion, uh, open rebellion. Uh, they all emphasize different kinds of sins and different degrees of, uh, of willfulness, uh, following one's own uh, uh, will instead of succumbing to God. Job is demanding that any sins be brought before him. Both Job and his friends agree that great afflictions would have to indicate great Offenses, And that's what he's saying. Verse 24. Why do you hide your face and regard me as your enemy? Uh, hiding your face means um, God is no longer protecting him. Uh, God is no longer providing for him. Hiding the face meant that um, Job was on his own. Uh, this is the absence of God's favor and blessing. Hiding your face. And regard me as your enemy. What was happening in Job's life uh, was like uh, an enemy uh, oppressing him. Verse 25. Will you frighten a leaf driven to and fro? Uh, and will you uh, pursue dry stubble or wisp? Of straws, another way of saying this. Um, this is another uh, figure of speech here, and Job is c- comparing himself to this leaf. Uh, uh, the uh, comparison here, um, himself to something that's being driven. Uh, we would say that he's so light and insubstantial that it's amazing that that God should come after him this way. That's what he's saying. Uh, uh, Will you go after? Will you uh, frighten? Will you come down heavily on a leaf driven uh, to and fro? It's, you know, I'm not worth it is another way of saying that. Uh, And will you pursue... Uh, a wisp of straw. I like that translation a little bit better. Um, uh, it is found in uh, other uh, in forty uh, Job forty one. We'll see it later, but it means the sense that um, Job is worthless. He's insignificant, 
it's hardly worth mentioning. Uh, if dried up or weathered, uh, it too would be blown away by the wind. Verse 26. For you write bitter things against me and make me uh, inherit the iniquities of my youth. So, uh, Job, uh, or Job here, uh, is saying that the charges against him uh, are uh, bitter things uh, to be uh, charged against him. Uh, and he asks, are you making uh, iniquities from the past? Uh, why, Job wonders here, should God uh, conjure up past sins of his adolescence and punch him and punish him for them? <clears throat> there was no sin at the present that deserves such terrible affliction. Verse 27. <clears throat> and this is, uh, again, one of these figures of speech. You put my feet <clears throat> in stocks. And I think the, the word for stocks here is not the best. Shackles is better uh, because it it's more uh, it fits with the rest of the uh, the verse. You put my feet in shackles and watch closely all my movements, uh, my paths. You set a limit <clears throat> for the soles of my feet. You set a boundary to the soles of my feet. Um, so why would God treat him like a prisoner, watching him closely? and making his feet so that he could uh, trace Job's steps. Uh, this is uh, how Job, um, the sense that Job has, that uh, God has uh, tre- is treating him like a prisoner. Verse 28, Man decays like a rotten thing, like a garment that is moth-eaten. Another way of saying this, because trying to uh, connect it with verse 27, uh, he says, you're treating me like a, a prisoner. Uh, while I am decay, uh, decay, decaying like a rotten thing, like a garment that is moth-eaten. So, uh the sense here after uh, the sudden, uh, after Job addressing the Lord, uh, Job quickly uh, subsides into a feeling of despair. He says, I'm like uh, a rotten thing. I'm like a, a garment that is moth-eaten. Uh, he is now to a place where he's pining away like a moth-eaten written garment. It's He's useless. He's no longer uh, able to accomplish what God wants him to do. So, uh, the uh, these chapters are, uh, are very... Um, there's a lot of figurative uh, figures in them. Uh, but what we're reading here is that Job requests his three friends to back off, uh, to keep quiet and let him make his presentation uh, of his case to God. We're going to see next week that 
we're going to see, matter of fact, I think I have it here, yes, three, uh, Job's despair of hope. It starts here in verse 28, and uh, one of the more uh, well-known passages begins in chapter 14. Man who is born of woman is of few days and full of trouble. And that's how Job uh, feels his life is at this point. Let's bow our our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we're thankful for Job's verbal and open uh, approach for his life before you. And we're thankful, Father, that uh, you love us and you care for us. And even though there are times when we despair, we might even be resentful for what's happening in our lives. We know that you are there. We know that you are listening. We know that you uh, continue to provide for us. Help us, Father, uh, through some of the difficult, difficult times in our lives that uh, we not be afraid to approach you. And we pray, Father, as we read the word of God and God the Holy Spirit uh, guides us, that we will have answers, Father. and Our faith will remain not only strong, but uh, even stronger. Uh, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.